This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Alice Dempster. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Friday the 22nd of September. In your Squiz today, examining the COVID inquiry, Rupert Murdoch steps down, a weekend of footy, and it's Kylie's time to shine. This is your Squiz today. We mentioned it briefly yesterday, and PM Anthony Albanese did what he said he'd do. He's announced an inquiry into the official COVID-19 response, and it will look into the management of vaccines and treatments, public health messaging, and financial and mental health supports. What it won't look into, though, are the actions of the state and territory governments. And that's controversial because some of the biggest events of the pandemic, like lockdowns and school closures and state border closures and so many more things, won't be examined. And coalition leader Peter Dutton says that it's a move by a Labor prime minister, to protect Labor premiers and chief ministers. And more broadly, he's asked if this inquiry doesn't get across the good and the bad things at every level of government, then how do we learn from it so that we're ready to deal with the next health emergency? And that's something that Australia's former Deputy Chief Medical Officer Nick Coatsworth agrees with. He says the exclusion of state and territory decisions is a major concern. Claire, we know the inquiry will run for the next 12 months. What else do we know? We know who the experts are who will lead this inquiry. Uh, They are health economist Dr Angela Jackson, epidemiologist Professor Catherine Bennett and also public health expert Robin Cruck. They're the trio who are going to be in charge. But again, after that, there are elements that we don't know and a lot of that is down to the fact that this isn't a Royal Commission. So there's questions about what's sort of powers those people will have, whether they're going to be able to compel witnesses. Uh, We also don't know whether public hearings are going to be held. And it's not just politicians and health experts who are weighing in on this. Australian industry group boss Innes Willock says the business sector needs a better understanding of the impacts of the pandemic response. And he pointed to the long lockdowns as a problem for the economy that's been very hard to recover from. Claire, it's a highly anticipated corporate move and popular TV shows have also been dedicated to the premise. It's been announced overnight that Rupert Murdoch will step down as chairman of Fox and News Corp with his son Lachlan to head both companies. Yeah, he's in good health. The 92-year-old says he wanted to knock that suggestion on the head. And he isn't entirely out of the door either. He's going to become what they call chairman emeritus of both of those companies and he says that he's going to remain engaged daily with news and ideas. And in a note to staff and shareholders, Lachlan said, we thank him for his vision, his pioneering spirit, his steadfast determination and the enduring legacy he leaves to both companies he founded and the countless people he has impacted. And to say that Murdoch is a divisive figure is an understatement. The role of Fox News in American elections and phone hacking scandals by News Corp newspaper journalists are just two things to mention. But 
Overnight, the Australian Financial Review, which is not a News Corp publication, noted Murdoch's illustrious career spanning seven decades that started with a newspaper in Adelaide and went on to create a global news and entertainment empire. Ukraine's been struggling to make major breakthroughs in the war against Russia before the Northern Hemisphere's winter starts. And that's had President Volodymyr Zelensky turning to Ukraine's international allies this week. He's been pleading for more help. Yeah, that's right. He's been at the United Nations General Assembly making the case in New York and he's met with President Biden in Washington. He's also knocking on doors to try and persuade the United States Congress to approve a really big aid package. And in his speeches this week, he's also made it very clear that he's frustrated uh, with the international community for not doing more to stop Russia. Yeah, it's day 575 of the war now and Zelensky has a big to-do list when it comes to problems that need addressed. And as he said earlier this week, Ukraine is worried that war weariness will see the country's allies lose the urgency of the situation. It's going to be a big weekend for sports lovers, or to be more specific, footy lovers. But if footy is not your thing, you can consider this a warning that your sporty friends might be unreachable. It's semi-finals time in both the AFL and NRL, so by Sunday night we'll know who the grand finalists are. Yep, if you're not into sport but you do have people around you who are, uh, it's a good thing to know about, so at least you can have, you know, a semblance <laughs> of a conversation where you can pretend like you're interested. Um, the AFL will kick off tonight with Collingwood facing off against Greater Western Sydney, and then tomorrow it's Brisbane versus Carlton. So, look, fair warning, if if Collingwood win their match and if Carlton win theirs and you've got two Melbourne teams in the grand final, Melbourne <laughs> might actually lose its mind. So that will be a thing to look out for. Uh, and then in the rugby league, it's Penrith versus the Melbourne Storm tonight and then the Brisbane Broncos versus the Kiwi Warriors tomorrow. Very exciting times. Very exciting times. And the Rugby World Cup is also on Clare. The Wallabies have a must-win match scheduled against Wales at 5am Eastern Oz time on Monday morning. Wales is in form at the moment and the Aussies lost to Fiji this week, so we're hoping they're ready to roll. Claire, we were talking last night and we've branded today Kylie Minogue Day. That's because Queen Kylie is releasing her 16th studio album. It's called Tension and she also has something else to celebrate. Yeah, she does. She has received four ARIA nominations and believe it or not, she hasn't won an ARIA since 2002. That was when Can't Get You Out of My Head dominated the charts. But this year, she is up for Best Solo Artist and also Song of the Year for her very, very big hit, Padam Padam. Claire, I guarantee Can't Get You Out of My Head is going to be stuck in my head all day now. Yeah, that's a problem, isn't it? <laughs> As for the other nominees, just not along if you're not a cool cat and don't know who these are. Hip-hop artist Genesis Uwusu led the nominations with seven nods. He cleaned up at last year's awards, so he's one to watch. Dom Dollar, G Flip and Troy Sivan also scored six nominations each. The awards will be held on the 15th of November, so pop that in your diary. Friday means Friday lights, Claire. What have you got for us today? So, look, 
it's sort of hot, it's sort of cold, I don't know what's going on, but what I do know is that it's always a good time for mashed potatoes. <laughs> and, look, just cruising around some of the websites uh, this week looking for tasty new things to have a go at, there was a recipe on the Good Food site from Adam Lior. It's a recipe for mashed potatoes with brie, mm. and it's just totally unfair. You can't put that up and expect <laughs> us to ignore it. So <laughs> have, I don't know what else I'm going to have with it, maybe. I just have mashed potatoes with brie. But, look, to follow that up, to balance the sort of scales, I guess, um, we've got Jennifer Aniston's famous salad. It's really a bit – it's like a tabbouleh, but it's a little bit fresher than that. It's got a little bit of herbs. It's got some really great um, quinoa and some really nice feta. So it's one of the salads apparently she ate every day on the set of Friends. So mm. it's actually really tasty. I quite like it. Yeah, nice. I'll probably go for the potato and brie first, though, I would say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, totally. Like, that's number one for sure. I'll pop those recipes in the episode notes today. And tomorrow we've got a new episode of Saturday Squiz Out. What's in store for us there? Look, there has been so much big news this week, really. So we're going to get across quite a few things that have been going on and some things that you might have missed as well. Uh, a good look at the week ahead. I reckon one of the great things that Saturday Squiz does is actually get you ready for the news coming up. So there's a really good look at what's coming up. There's quite a few interesting things too. So get into it. And just a reminder that if you enjoy our podcast, We'd love for you to leave us a review. It really helps us to get the word out about what we do. Have a great Friday and weekend, and we'll be back with you on Monday. Hello, it's Bryce here from Squiz Kids. Kids and fiscal policy go together like peaches and cream, which is why we're excited to present a special Squiz Kids Q&A this week with Federal Treasurer Jim Chalmers. It's the podcast where the kids of Australia get to ask the questions. Tune in to Squiz Kids today to find out how the notorious B.I.G. has helped shape next week's budget, why the Treasurer considers himself more of a three-pointer than a slam dunker, and why his toenails will be painted with glitter nail polish next Tuesday when he stands in Parliament to hand down the budget. Plus, there's a cheeky question in there about his leadership ambition. All part of our mission to engage kids in the wider news agenda. Check it out in the Squiz Kids podcast feed or via squizkids.com.au.